Monday, everybody, and welcome back to the Couchside Judges. I'm Scott Fontana. Follow me on Twitter at Scott underscore Fontana. And I'm Dan Urban. Follow me at the Dan Urban. Follow the podcast at Couchside Judges and subscribe to us wherever you listen. Five-star review. Go do it. <laughs> and as always, we talk judging and MMA. So head on over to abcboxing.com. Read the scoring criteria. Danny, I didn't know if we were going to make it back after last week's fallout. We made it, though. We did. We yes. did. We made it up. We made up. We uh, yeah. we you, found common ground again. You appeased me by doing a full Bellator show. Yep. At my request. As, as it, <laughs> That literally was at your request to do this. That is, that's the God's honest truth of it, too, which is which is that quite white back uh, backward there, right? Yeah. It was, here we are. Not that I have a problem with it, of course, but uh, not what I expected to come out of your mouth. Well, here's the thing. My th- my thoughts are these these judges, best judges in the world. They deserve some more attention. If they're you know, if we can do it, we we should. So, oh, so you want to do Bellator every time? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe some fights here and there. All right, all right. And and will that Next. will that also come with you not? You know, whining and everything. Whenever I, I try to next say to do week it. is an interesting card. Next week is honestly, so, and we'll get to that later. But yeah, yeah. I, I think there's some debate about which one is the better card. Period. Yeah, and and I don't even think there is debate over which one has the better main event. But we'll, again, we'll get to that later. Let's talk about this past Bellator card from Friday evening, or for us in the uh, on the East Coast, it was Friday. I guess afternoon still. That time was over, right? Five, early yeah, afternoon. Yeah, I, I don't know exactly when it ended. Yeah, but nonetheless, a little earlier over here than it was over in Ireland where, where the fights were taking place. And Benson Henderson got the uh, the very clear victory over the local Peter Queeley. 49-45 is all around. He lost a point in round number two. What do you think of that that point deduction? Did you did you, you caught that, right? Hey, the, the, the reasoning was you can hear uh, Kevin McDonald says he's not the same fighter. Mm-hmm. Since that foul, so I got to take a point. I thought hey, it was. I so thought it was good. I'll go with it. I'm. I want more of that being done. And maybe Kevin McDonald was onto something because Peter Quilly was was outmatched in this fight. So maybe maybe that low blow did do something. Is it entirely so, possible that yeah, maybe he was just not the same fighter? Period. Or was he just not up to the challenge of facing against Benson Henderson? Who knows? What we do know is that Benson Henderson got the win, clear victory. Uh, and now he's got three fights left because I think he's—I believe he signed a four-fight deal with Bellator. Okay. And th- this is supposedly his last contract, right? Forever. Well, an, until you know the sun rises in the west mm. and sets in the east, and you know okay. the, the, all that other stuff from A Song of Ice and Fire. But what did you think first off of of, of his performance in general? How did Benson look to you? He looked good. Mm-hmm. He was grinding. He landed a ton of knees. He landed another strike that you can only say, oh, well, if someone was going to land this strike, who would land it? And you'd say Benson Henderson, the head kick from the ground. Yeah. Um, he grind out victory, good in the grappling as always, solid knees, elbows, thought it was a good win. And so uh, that where we leave him is, of course, three fights left. He does, he says he wants that lightweight title before he's gone, right? Do you think he can, I mean, you know, I guess it's tough to say. Is he going to win it? Because we don't know when he's going to fight and who he's going to fight and that kind of thing. So my question is, do you foresee him being able to get the Bellator lightweight title over these final three fights, no matter who it is? Do you think well, he's weird. got it in him? Uh, the thing is, if they just let him, if they let let him fight Patricky right away, I think he has a shot. Mm-hmm. If uh, he has to go through Usman 
Nurmagomedov might be a little more difficult. And that is, of course, the, so, the matchup that's in the works, so that does make it a lot more challenging, right? Yeah, I, th- I think if they just go, I mean, he lost a split to Patricky, so it was already a close fight. So there's always a shot that maybe he does get the win. But having to go through uh, in Nurmagomedov to get there uh, puts a little wrench in things. It does. It so, does. It makes it very tricky. So I guess it's probably a question that we have to kind of revisit later. It would. Be, it would and this is not a slight to Benson, I don't think at all, but a fighter who's been in the game as long as he is, if if Nuragomedov was able to climb the the mountain and get to that belt before, I would have to go with the the young lion there. Yeah, I would think so too. Yeah, so. but I I won't rule him out because Benson Anderson has has been a winner wherever he's gone, right? Yeah, he's he's risen to the occasion multiple times. But what hasn't risen to the occasion, unfortunately, are a lot of these billets were made events this year, dude. It's it's not that this fight this weekend was bad. I don't think it was a bad fight, but it was just it was just a one-sided fight. And we've had a lot of these one-sided five-round fights this year in Bellator. And mostly they've been, you know, title fights. There's not a whole lot you can do when it's a title fight, but this was this was a non-title affair. And we still ended up with one fighter who, you know, point deduction aside, was the winner of every single round. Mm. I mean, I think you can say the same thing about a lot of, not even main events, just Bellator in general. They have a, tend to have a lot of mismatches and lopsided bouts. Well, this card in particular had a lot of fights that actually went to the cards, and we really don't have a whole lot of rounds to discuss. Mm-hmm. I mean, which, you know, look, part of that is the standout judging, right? We, mm-hmm. we do have some really strong officials, but, it, I mean, it, it's an extremely high percentage of rounds that are not being split in this case here. It, it's... It's highly unusual to see such a high degree of agreement. And I think part of that is, like you're saying, just a whole lot of, uh, I guess, mismatches, right? Yeah. But mismatches with fighters who are probably, you know, too tough for their own good in some cases, or, or maybe just well, yeah, Peter good Quinn enough. Might... They've got they've got some you know, survivability. Quinn took a lot of damage. Mm-hmm. So that he did. Um, we didn't actually calculate the. The percentage of these uh, of the rounds, like we usually do. Oh uh, yeah, so we have we have four four uh, rounds, but only four, three only, are yeah, contested, contested over the winner. Right, right, and then one of them was is, is a uh, ten eight. One of the rounds actually initially looked like it was a split, and that was uh the it was round three. It was going to be a potential ten eight nine split in Dara Kelly and Kyle Stevens, but actually I have learned. Since then, that the scorecards that were put out from from the Mohegan uh, Commission by Bellator PR, and that's this is through no fault of Bellator uh, themselves, but it was mistranscribed apparently. So it was actually a unanimous ten eight round. Yes, and since Kelly's and favorite. since I did watch this thinking it was a contested round, mm-hmm. I'm going to give you my uh, thoughts on this. I round. would love to hear it. This is what everyone yes. tuned in for. Yeah. A non-contested round assessment. Go yes, on. Yes, because I thought it was a 10-8 versus 10-9. I know. I understand. So I put the work in. I'm going to let everyone know. Steven starts out pretty good on the feet. <laughs> lands a jab or two. Nice right hand, but Kelly takes a shot, drags him down to the ground. And this is the kind of jujitsu that I love. The slow, deliberate advancement. Once Kelly gets the gift wrap, takes the mount, it's all Kelly. It's total domination from here. Steven is overwhelmed in the transitions. Kelly is landing some big shots. He takes the back at the end. Looks locks in a tight uh, RNC, which is a rear naked choke. Stevens escapes uh, at the end of the round, but uh, landed some strong shots. Ten eight for me. 
Well said. Thank you. <laughs> uh, before we go on to actually the the four contested rounds, we will talk about, uh, and not just you talking at me uh, mm-hmm. and our listeners. <laughs> I did want to touch upon uh, Yoel Mar- Romero here because once again, through like against all odds, he has another third round finish. Every That's what the guy does. Every single finish that he has achieved in, I think, the last ten years. And it's it, we're up to like eight now, I think, uh, has been in the third round. It's just, it defies logic. I I asked him about it last week, and, you know, he was joking that it's like, oh, you know, on this, on this, you know, God worked uh, for six days, and on the seventh he rested. I don't know what he was really getting at exactly, but uh, more or less, he was just kind of joking. There was some sort of, like, divine intervention on it, but, yeah, it, it even he couldn't really explain it. It's just wild, and, and sure enough, it happened again. That was... Also, it was Melvin Manhoff, so... I understand it was Melvin Manhoff, but, like, he had two other rounds he could have done that to Melvin Manhoff. Maybe he waited. <laughs> I... Sometimes you almost got to think, like, is he trying to do this now? And if he is trying to do it and he's still getting it done, wow, is that dude awesome. That's impressive. If that's what he's doing, yeah. Yeah, it's even more impressive if he's actually trying to do it, although ill-advised, probably. Because, <laughs> <laughs> uh, again, don't forget, he, he I believe it was in... The, the second, I think we talked about this last week, the second Whitaker fight, he would have gotten a, a third round finish there because that was his, one of his strongest rounds too. Mm-hmm. So he's something about that round, man. It's wild. But the question I have for you is, I don't know where he sits in the Bellator pecking order as far as me getting a title shot or that kind of thing, but I feel like they know what they have in Yoel Romero and they don't necessarily want to wait too long in, in putting him in some sort of title fight. Still can't do it yet because they've got to work out who's the winner of the 205-pound Grand Prix between Vadim Nevkov and Corey Anderson. Anderson, of course, it was a uh, no contest their last fight, but it looked like Anderson was starting to take control of that one, right? Here's the question. If the next fight for the belt after this one is sorted out is against or, or puts Yoel Romero in there, how do you think he would fare against either Nemkov or Anderson? Uh, I lean both Nemkov and Anderson. Okay. For each fight. Uh I think Yoel obviously has the, the power. He has a puncher's chance. I think the wrestling cancels out with Anderson. Um, I think Anderson's probably a little better on the feet. Doesn't have as much power. So as long as he doesn't get caught, he should be fine. And then I think Nemkov just has too many tools and would uh, would be able to pick him apart. You know what's crazy? I actually think I would pick Yoel Romero right now in both instances. Like wow. at this moment, I think I would pick him. And oh. and I don't know. It's probably just recency bias. Okay. I'm being perfectly honest. That's what I think it is. But in this very moment, if you were like, if you'd said to me, Scott, you got to put your house up on the market, you could get two houses back <laughs> if you bet the right fighter here or you lose it. You got to pick one. And I'm picking you up. Oh, well. that's a thought. Wow. It's, it's what I have to do. If, if the gun's at my head, if you know, I'm going to lose the house, then that's what I'm going to do. Hmm. All right. It's it's kind of blows my mind that I feel that way. But I actually feel much better about his chances against you Nemkov know, because I think the wrestling would be there yeah. as a tool for him. And if, he did use it against uh, Manhoff here. He, if, it was a lot of wrestling. In that was one. another thing I was about to If he actually uses all his tools, he's very good. Sure. Manhoff was biting on, on these uh, feints of, of the, the takedown like, sure. hard. Now, he's so Manhoff's been fighting for like 27 years, right? So it's been in the game a while. Maybe maybe it's just time and you know mm-hmm. that kind of thing, right? And obviously Nemkov is a much younger fighter and, and, you know, ostensibly could be more used to the modern game than Melvin Manhoff is. Mm. <laughs> Just by sheer virtue of, was he even born at the time Melvin Manhoff made his debut? I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know I the mean, answer yeah, to that. Yeah, he probably, maybe. 
I'm sure they're they're similar in age. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> if nothing else, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, you 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 would lean the other way. Though, I lean you? both ways. Like, but yeah, I think I lean Corey Anderson above Nemkov because I think Corey Anderson's going to beat Nemkov. Uh, I do too in the rematch. I do. Um, at this point, just based on what we saw so, again. So yeah. But but I, I think it would be interesting. I hope they do actually. If their plan is to get him into a title fight, just do it sooner than later. It's, honestly, I, when it comes to Bellator, I really just want them to put together fights that are interesting and hopefully play out in an interesting way. It it doesn't matter to me that much more about the merit. <laughs> to some degree, it does. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, the way I think a lot of people look at it is, and and I do think that there, are, especially at the heavier divisions, there's at least some argument that there's some better talent in Bellator. That can kind of go toe to toe with the UFC in some ways. Uh, maybe not the very top at heavyweight, but but I think in, somewhere in the top ten of both of these divisions here, two hundred five and heavyweight. There's some some parity there. But having said that, I really just want them to put on good fights. Like the, if Bellator is going to be able to kind of keep itself, keep its in, keep the interest of fans, I think they need to find ways to put on more interesting headliners than what they've been able to do a lot of the time especially when it's a non-title fight so i i hope they're able to kind of correct course hmm. but that's that's a, you know that we could go on and on about that let's go into contested rounds because we only have four okay so let's get to it starting with pedro Cavallo getting the win over mads burnell and this was an upset uh, unanimous decision two thirty or two twenty nine twenty eights and a thirty twenty seven I should say. Round one is where we're split. So right off the bat, what's going on here? Yeah, so uh, Carvalho's got a lot of success on the feet. He he did more effective offense I think on the feet. Of course, Burnell he went in the grappling, but was it more effective? I didn't see him use his position all that effectively. Yeah, he gets the back. But he doesn't, you know, he doesn't lock a body triangle, and he doesn't even put two hooks in. He just has one hook in, uh, and he he doesn't attack a sub. Hardly throws a punch. Big John is saying, you know, this round is scored for Burnell because the grappling was more of the round than the striking. I've yet to hear anyone else say that other than him. That's just not really how a lot of judges score. I, mean, I, I have heard other judges say this, but I, it's not the that's not the predominant way, and it's not the way it's taught. Yeah, I mean, obviously he's a huge voice for officiating and, and judging, but I, I've. Re- me personally, I haven't heard anyone really other than him say it. Because they didn't, they definitely didn't say that. No, Kevin McDonald didn't say that in Mm-mm. in the judging course we took. Yeah, Mm-mm. I mean, I I have no issue scoring it for uh, Burnell. Uh, I just think Carvalho had more effective offense contributing to towards the ending of a fight. Uh, he had good body kicks, good punches to the head. I think he did more. Uh, Burnell uh, needed to do more with his uh, with his position. I think to get it to him. So you ended up with Carvalho. I'm on Carvalho, 10-9. I, I did go the other way. It's it's a crummy round. I think it's just kind of a crummy yeah. round, to be perfectly honest. Because, yeah, you do have a lot of the round is this grappling that's maybe not necessarily the most effective, right? But I do think, on the whole, he was able to pile up enough effect from the grappling that I was able to say, okay, I think we can we can give it maybe the edge there uh, over what Carvalho was able to accomplish. But I, do, I don't feel super strongly about this one. Yeah, I'm not gonna go fight anybody for this about this one. Fortunately, Carvalho was able to differentiate himself over the final two rounds, make it very clear that he was the winner of those rounds, and and move forward. Right, so we don't have uh, any sort of doubt necessarily over who really won the fight. No, I know there was a lot of people there. There was actually a lot of pushback when people heard the thirty twenty seven scorecard for for Carvalho, which was what you ended up with. Mm-hmm. So interesting to see how uh, you were able to get there. I think a lot mm-hmm. of people kind of need to hear. The reasoning that you gave. Hey, listen. If you if you think Twitter 
is bad on a fight night, try the YouTube chat during the prelims. Oh, you were talking about this. What was this is what was that like? Because I don't I don't look at stuff like just that. Just brutal. Like what are they doing? Oh, just insult after insult. There's really there's I guess very, the fighters or the other people. Fighters in the chat? officiating a lot towards Big John. Mm-hmm. Uh it's kind Big of John crazy. isn't necessarily the most popular like, with people, especially the, as a commentator. The Karahanian fight is one I actually tuned in live for. Okay. Um, and Big John, I th- one of the rounds, he who was beat sick. him? He he lost. Who who beat him? Do you remember? Uh, no. I mean, I'll look it up. But um, one of the rounds, they were, he scored a ten eight for Karahanian, and I I turned in late during that that round, so I, I don't really know. But everyone was like, "There's no way." Kane Musa is that it? Yeah, Musa Musa. You watched it. I, I didn't actually check it out. Yeah, so uh, everyone was going hard and hard for that one, saying that he's crazy for giving out a 10-8. Mm-hmm. And no judge actually did give a 10-8. Uh, they weren't nice in the chat room. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's unfortunate. We don't want any bully behaviors. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we can move on to, to uh, our next round. We only got four. I think we can get through this without too much resistance, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Kieran Clark, local guy, got the win over uh, Rafael... Hudson? Is that what they were saying, right? Hoots? They weren't saying Hudson. I don't remember. I think they were saying Hudson, oh. if I recall. It was a, it was a different oh. pronunciation. Uh, but it was a third round submission, rear naked choke, uh, and, and a come from behind victory uh, as well, because Hudson was was on track to win that fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, round two is where we're split, though, and it would you know potentially have been like a split decision or, or something like that if it went that way. But yeah, what's, what's going on in round two? Yeah, it starts out with Hudson. That, I'm going to say Hootson. We'll go with Hootson. Lands a couple jumping knees to the body and then starts throwing some haymakers. He's not landing these, but Clark was like, you know, forget this. I'm just going to shoot and take, take you down. Uh, he accepts pulling guard Damian Maya style into half guard. Uh, he's very active from the bottom, throwing strikes. You know, nothing really that strong, but more than Hudson's throwing. Uh, back on the feet, Hudson seems to have the advantage, landing some decent shots, but then falls down after throwing another jumping knee after, and getting caught with a jab as well in uh, this sequence. Clark gets on top, passes, lands some strong ground and pound from quarter mount. He was looking to finish. I think he wins at 10-9. Clark. You, I liked how you bounced between Hudson and Hudson. Couldn't make up your mind. Yeah, I got to make I know. I, I understand. Yeah. I understand. It's already planted, right? Um, I also saw this one for Clark, and I think one of the main... And by the way, I, I should point out from the last round uh, that we just talked about, the, the Carvalho Burnell, uh, the two judges who saw it the same way as me and the majority were Dave Peabody and Ben Cartledge. It was uh, Eric Colon who was the out judge, saw it the same way as you. Because Eric Colon is also the out judge on this one, seeing it for Clark. Um, and it was Ron McCarthy and, again, Judge Peabody who had this one for Hudson. As we're going to stick with, sir. Hudson. Hudson. Who? Hudson. Um, the, the thing that kind of stuck out for me is I really just didn't see a whole lot like happening from from what Hudson was doing like it, it was kind of similar to the last round but I think even less so it was much easier for me to kind of go the other way well he well Clark makes it easy because he's actually trying to finish he's right. throwing throwing heavy shots in passing yeah and and well the other well he got to back two in the previous fight but wasn't doing much with it sure 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 but but in this particular round too a lot of a lot of what Hudson was doing took place in front, like directly in front of Eric Cologne. Now, it looks like he's got kind of an obscured view because he's kind of right next to that mm-hmm. that post there, that door, whatever. And I know the uh, I've heard judges complain about the Bellator circle cage before. Uh, so we already know that there's some kind of issues there. Hopefully he still has a very good view. But it w- what that said to me, because he was the closest judge there, is he's able to kind of get a real read on what's happening, right? Much to maybe p- potentially a, a higher degree than the other judges might even be able to. Because mm. um, it's right in front of him. 
And that's not why I went that way, but when I ended up on the same side and then I saw, oh, it was Judge Cologne also saw it that way, I was like, oh, wow, okay. Then, yeah, I feel like I felt better about my score after the fact mm-hmm. knowing that. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, Eric Cologne is uh, front and center for this round for for a good, good they, portion of they it. They really got to move those stupid doors, <laughs> though. And why does Bellator have to do a stupid circle? Pick a Pick a different shape. Yeah. Do a triangle. No. No. <laughs> Square? Bad idea. Square? Um, no. I don't like it either. Hexagon. Uh, how about how about we do like what's an eleven sided shape? I forget what that would be called. Just, I don't just know. a weird random number. Do that. Wouldn't it be close to like a how circle? How about a ninety four sided shape? The more sides you get, the more <laughs> circle it is. Yeah, in theory. So. I think I'd heard that the um the PFL smart cage has apparently been very good. Okay. I can't believe I just called it the smart cage. I actually feel you really just, terrible. You about just that. called it a smart cage. Yeah, now I feel really dumb. I feel like a dumb cage. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but you and I, we saw for Clark. Judge Cologne saw for Clark. He was alone uh, in this one. So what does that mean for uh, Judge Cologne? Couch side override. <laughs> I drive that one down to Jersey so it doesn't get lost in the mail. Yeah. But then I got to make the trip down South Jersey. And I mean, do I want to get on the turnpike? Well, yeah. And... Well, no, I've been telling, I, I want to go train there. Yeah? I've been saying it. So go do it. I probably should. Put your money where your mouth is. Yeah. I'll talk over here. You are all talk. I'll talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We got a, we got two more rounds here. Leah McCourt got the win over uh, Di- Diana Silva. I believe it was Diana Silva is what they were saying. Um, 30-27 twice in a 29-28. Third round is the only one we're talking about. Even though uh, I believe Ron McCarthy, or not Ron McCarthy, John McCarthy, excuse me, uh, had this one at... One round apiece going into the mm-hmm. third. All the other judges had Liam McCord up 2 nothing. So mm-hmm. we're, we're talking about a round that more or less didn't have a whole lot of impact on the actual fight itself. But nonetheless, we will talk about this round, which does feature Ron McCarthy on it. So, Dan, what's yeah, happening? It's a really close round. I, I think Silva's landing the bigger shots early in the round. McCord's working her jab pretty good. Uh, her front kick is pretty solid, the one to the body. I just think she doesn't do enough. She comes on stronger towards the end of the round, but I think Silva still edges it. She had uh, a decent lead early, and I don't think she squanders it. Uh, no issue either way. They're just a really close round. Yeah, I thought it was a really close round. One that, again, had no bearing on the results, so that's why I kind of per- buried it here under the other two rounds because it just it doesn't really matter, and I don't think it was a poor, poorly scored round by any stretch, mm-hmm. by any judge. However... Unlike judges Brian Miner and Eric Cologne, I saw it the same way as you and Ron McCarthy as a 10-9 for Silva. So what does that mean for Judge McCarthy? Couch side over. <laughs> now he he's on the other side of the country. That one's gonna have to go through the mail and, and I hope yeah. it, I hope it makes it out there. <laughs> Not a good track record though. <laughs> <laughs> and our last round, uh, this was the only one that was on the Bellator prelims, actually. Even though I don't know why they keep sticking Brett Johns on the Bellator prelims, he's he's a legit like solid fighter that should be on the main card if you ask me. But he got the win nonetheless over Jordan Winsky, two thirty twenty sixes and a thirty twenty seven. So we're only talking about the degree to which he won round three, which was inconsequential to the result. Nonetheless, what happens here? Yeah, Johns gets a quick takedown, uh, continues to work from here throughout. I, I think he's dominating him in the wrestling and for a good amount of the round. So you got dominance and duration checked pretty solidly. Uh, I just think we're missing damage. No real strong sub attacks or, or ground and pound. So I would have liked a bit more damage. Uh, but also Winsky had nothing. So I see the argument for the eight. Um, 
I think both sides have fine arguments, but 10-9 for me. Honestly, I wouldn't have needed too much damage, but there really just isn't much here at all, mm-hmm. you know? Because, you know, when you get the two Ds, yeah, you, you can consider it, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And and there's nothing wrong with Judges Minor and Cologne going that way. And, and I think that's even independent of, you know, the idea lately, you know, that's... Of course, mm-hmm. as we talked about for quite a while, going back to that, you know, Blahovich and Adesanya fight from last year, maybe you need damage to kind of get there. I don't think it has to do with that. That's not where my mindset is. I just, there really just isn't a whole lot going well, on. It's more that I should point out is it, it didn't seem like Johns was working for a finish. Yeah, that that's, that's, that's the other thing. So. The, the, the degree to which he was. I mean, you can't. You're not. You're not grading pursuit, right? You're you're grading the actual impact of of the actions and things. But but none of these none of these things really seems like it's too much of a threat to end the fight mm-hmm. at all. So I did feel like, yeah, maybe this is a round that ought to just be a ten nine. Uh, as much as it's kind of on the fence, and and I can understand why Brian Minor and Eric Cologne went that way. I saw it the same way as you did, the same way as Judge Ben Cartledge, uh, who is now licensed in Nevada. Yes, congratulations. That's uh, that's that's big news. That's a big boost for Nevada. You love to see it. Um, but nonetheless, we all saw it the same way. You, me, and Judge Cartledge. What does that mean for the judge from across the pond? Couchside over. <laughs> And and I'll tell you right now, it's there's no way it's gonna make it across uh, the Atlantic Ocean. It's no. definitely it's gonna that we might stick it in a bottle and throw it in there and see if it lands up. On, it's probably got a better shot it. than the post office based <laughs> on all the results, right? Uh, <laughs> getting there, uh, but that that is it. That's our contested rounds. You know, finishes wise, we had six finishes, two TKO or KO, four submission or technical submission, uh, as a couple of them were, and two ended in the first round. Of these finishes, what was your favorite? Uh, I think we have the same one. We sure do, sir. I think this is the only one that's really... Yeah. I mean, not that, not that the others aren't worth talking about, but this was wild, right? We're not going to see this ever again. I feel like the way this happened was such a freak yeah, thing, right? It's, it's just, it's a freak position they ended up in. Yeah. Because I, I watched it distinctly to try and like kind of parse out how it happened. And, and I've talked to people. No one seems to know, like, no one had a name for it. They called it the Lucanator or something like that when they announced <laughs> it, which is, by the way, that I, I feel dirty for having said that out loud. It's not the Lucanator. Call it, come up with like a technical, terrible name and it's better than the Lucanator. It's just a, a but, variation of it. But an anyway, arm yeah, it's a variation of an arm triangle. Take take me through as best as you can what happened. Well, I mean, they're both. It's kind of like a rugby scrum, sort of the position they end up in. You know what I'm talking about? And, yeah, yeah. And, but so, and Polklet had been like on his back for most of this time, yeah, like leading up to it. He's just, he's like kind of like looking to to keep his head in check. It was almost like how, he was trying to set up some sort of I don't know, like an Ezekiel choke. How or his arm even can go that way? Yeah, is weird. And then he pops his head out to the side, and then it must have got super tight because uh, Brian Miner. Who worked a ton this event? Oh yeah, he was uh, he was in the cage. He was next to the cage. He did everything. He uh, notices that knock he's uh, out cold and uh, stops the fight. So and meanwhile, meanwhile we got John McCarthy, who who you know, as anyone would tell you, was involved in developing the rules of mixed martial arts. Doesn't seem to notice that anything's going on. Just like the rest of us, like mm-hmm. no, it was all of a sudden it was just over, right? It was, we were just yeah. talking like it was a normal, like kind of stalemated ish position, and all of a sudden it was just gone. But you know, hindsight being what it is, you're watching it and you're like, man, his arm is really pinching tight there. Mm-hmm. So it was wild to see, and and you know, I love to see 
innovative finishes like this like i feel like there's going to be a bunch of people who are actually going to come up with ways to set this up and it will become something that can happen it's still gonna be hyper rare it's like the 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 joker teen kind of yeah like that 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 arm in he sets up with you know cinching the arm with his hip i actually after that event that was a very popular technique in the gym mm-hmm. that people were trying to hit. Sure. So I'm curious. I would I would love to be a fly on the wall in like several jujitsu gyms uh, on Monday and just kind of see what that would be like. All, we, you, in, probably jujitsu gyms are probably popping now because ADCC just happened, which only happens every two years. Oh yeah. So, but nonetheless, every, everyone's all on there. Uh, nonetheless, this was now. something wild. Yeah, this was crazy. This is so. This was this was kind of a viral thing, right? It, it actually went viral just a little bit, at least in our. You know, Scott Coker thinks circles. it's a sub of the year. It's it's a it's, it's the interesting. Most, it's the most fascinating yeah. submission of the year. Is it the <laughs> sub of the year? I don't know, but we'll we'll come up with that later on. When we do the judges right at the end of the year. Oh yeah, we got it. We got three yeah. months. We got three months to worry about that, and I got actually got to start getting start on my prepping. list for my. Uh, I I that's what I'm saying. I actually do yeah. have to start prepping for yeah. for my MMAJA responsibility since i'm on the awards <laughs> committee so I, I should get on that best that, podcast couchside judges yeah yeah we, we're not giving out we haven't given out media awards yet we still have to kind of get okay. that together but nonetheless that is it for contested rounds we just didn't have a whole lot of like big things happening in in the bellator you know round wise it just wasn't that kind of event there were not a whole lot of big consequential rounds in this one so i felt like we were we were missing something yeah so we're giving a past judgment. We're going to dip into the past judgment pool here, which we don't normally do in the middle of a contested rounds episode. Usually we kind of keep, keep save it for an off off week lately. That's what we've been doing, but yeah, well, we could squeeze one in. Yeah, let's do it. So why don't you uh, remind everybody how we do past judgment, sir? Yeah, we score rounds using the ABC criteria based on effective striking and grappling and the three Ds, damage, dominance, and duration. Uh a 10-9 is a round where neither fighter checks off a D to a strong degree. A 10-8 can be considered for just one D, but must be given when two Gs are achieved. A 10-7 can be considered for two Ds, but must be given for all three. The rare 10-10 is for partial rounds and basically staring contests. We've eliminated effective aggression in area control because it's extremely rare judges use these anyway. Scott, set up Caleb Starnes versus Nate Quarry. Yeah, so this, uh, <laughs> for everyone who remembers, was a weird one. It was on the it was on the main card of UFC 83 middleweight bout. So remember, people paid money, and this was one of the fights that they were paying to watch from home. April 19, 2008, at Bell Center or or Centre Bell, I think is what they call it in Montreal. This was headlined by the rematch between champion Matt Serra and inter interim champion uh, George Saint Pierre. I think we all know how that one ended. Um, it was Saint Pierre. I'll just spell it. <laughs> Uh, but Corey's coming into this one at 36 years old. It was only nine and two officially. I think the UFC tended to change their records based on you know how they fared on the Ultimate Fighter and everything. But not uh, in official sense, he was nine and two. Uh, had just gotten a knockout victory over Pete Cell the previous September, which was his return after almost two years away following a loss to Rich Franklin for the championship November 2005. Right. 36 years old at this point, right? Caleb Starnes, he's 33, 8-2-1, but I think his record, once again, was one of those deals they announced it at like 10-2-1 and two and one or something. Uh, but he had just lost by TKO to Alan Belcher the previous October. Judges for this one are Doug Crosby, Nelson Hamilton, and Pasquale Procopio. Referee is Tandan Mergliata. 
And one note before we get into this one, this being an older fight, very frequently we do not have individual round scores. This is the case here. But we can just spoil it right now and just say Nate Quarry won every round to a certain degree with each judge. So that's where we're at. We're moving into round one here. It was a three-round fight. What's happening, sir? Yeah, uh... I want to point out, Starnes actually throws the first strike of this fight. Oh, interesting. I want to point that out. He okay. Th- throws a jab. Yeah. But, uh. Good for him. I mean. <laughs> That's really nice to see in a fight. Quarry, uh, he's looking really good on the feet. He's coming out. He's landing to the head. The body shots were good. Legs, uh, leg kicks were solid. He puts together nice combos, uh, too. Yeah, he's. Starnes, he's there. He's he's actually throwing some strikes. He's dancing in and out. Um, More, more out. <laughs> uh, I mean, there's really only one way to score this round. I think Starnes uh, is never really hurt. It's kind of, but some of the shots Quarry's landing, they're pretty solid. I, I think it's 10-8. I think he's got da- uh, dominance on the feet. So 10-8 Quarry. On the numbers, which again, numbers aren't, you know, judges do not have them, number one. And number two, mm-hmm. they can be um, misleading. But the numbers say that Quarry outlanded Starnes 30-2. to two. Mm-hmm. That's usually not a sign that this was a very close round. And I think that actually this is a number that's reflective of just how much more in control of the round Nate Quarry was. It's a round that I, I think naturally is a 10-9 by the typical scoring. But we again, we have the ability to kind of stretch it out a little bit. So I feel that there is a degree of dominance here. And there's my D. My one D, I can mm. consider the uh, the ten eight, and I feel comfortable doing that because we have a lot of we have a lot of timidity from Starnes. He's 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 got to running away at certain times too, yeah. and I don't I don't know. I'm gonna get it more into that at the end. Oh well, sure, I yeah. mean he, he does it he does it throughout the fight though, and this is this was a round where you did see it. So I felt much better about giving the eight here. Same as you. Yeah. We all we're yeah. in the same place. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. All right, round two. Yeah, another round of Quarry looking really good. I, I think we got decent damage, uh, some dominance here. I don't get to the 10-7 because I don't think the damage is all that high, nor is it really that immediate. He is outclassing him, though, so the dominance is pretty good. Uh, Starnes does throw a decent amount of punches, and he has one flurry. He put some steam on these punches, actually, after Quarry slips. Uh, he actually went and attacked him a little bit, but 10-8 Quarry. He even managed an official takedown. <laughs> All right. Which interesting. Okay. You know, it's sort of a takedown. What is it? Goldie said it was had him taken down for a millisecond. Uh, you know, and by I, millisecond he meant like two or three seconds. Okay. Yeah. That's what you were laughing. Oh about? yes, that's. Oh, I was. I could, yeah, I was, I was trying to figure out what we you were watching I, this I together, and I'm it. laughing. Yeah. And I'm like, you mean a millisecond? <laughs> we watched it happen. It wasn't a millisecond, <laughs> sir. We could time it. There were three of these sec, two or three seconds. <laughs> anyway, um. It's not like he's paid to talk or anything, but <laughs> remember he did that one Lions game. Oh God! And it was actually a Lions Vikings game. Lions Vikings is this weekend. Now that you mentioned, okay, it. yeah, the receiver was Golden Tate. <laughs> I'll never forget that. But yeah, so I had this one as a ten eight as well. Uh, yeah, I I think this is a, again another round where there's just way too much happening by from Quarry side and just not nearly enough happening. From Starnes here, uh, there's there's a degree of dominance in being outclassed. It's I think it's to a lesser degree actually in the first round, but I did still have it as a ten eight. Uh, mm-hmm. You want You want to go ten nine? Okay, I'm I'm okay with it. But yeah, I I think I think what we have here is a round where just it would bother me if this was a round that was considered close to you know 
like a close round because it was really wasn't. Starnes just doesn't mm-hmm. do much. Yeah, you know. So yeah, I'm good with the ten eight here, um, and I have it as twenty to sixteen quarry. So do you? Yes. Right, okay. Yeah. And moving on to the third and final round. At this point, there's no way that Caleb Starnes is trotting out there thinking, "Man, I think this is anybody's fight," or, or you know, <laughs> you can't like, "Oh, that. I'm close to getting that knockout." No. It's like based on what, right? So we do have the third round. What is happening here? Uh, kind of a lower output round. Uh, Starnes did have some offense this round, and Quarry didn't land that much outside of a couple good leg kicks and, and a flurry at the end. Starnes gives him the finger at one point. Well, why does he give him the finger? Well, because Quarry because Quarry is doing the running man. Quarry's doing the running man. He's, he's mocking him openly. He's mocking. Here's the thing: I don't think Starnes avoided a fight. I just think he had a bad night. I think Ken Flo's commentary paints the narrative narrative of him running, and I don't see it to that degree. At least, you know, not the exaggerated extent that that Ken Flo's pointing out. But, he, but what would I ask you that? You know, finish your thought. I don't want to interrupt you. He's doing a lot of backing up. But I didn't see him avoid fighting. Really. Okay, so Ken Flo is pointing out that he's running, right? Yes. Now, do you think that Nate Quarry is hearing Kenny Florian talk cage side in, no, no, in no. the bell set? No, so no. he's independently coming up with the idea that he's running away. I don't I just don't see it. I, I see a guy backing up, coming he comes forward, back in and out. But what, just, but what we're describing is I think two it's different people who were right there observing the exact same thing. I think it's an off night. I don't I mean, what did what was Caleb Starnes what did he say after this? Did he didn't he say something? I don't remember, but he never fought the UFC again. Right. This, this I, was his. This was his farewell. I want to say I thought he said something like he, it was a it was a protest against fighter pay or some something ridiculous. And I think that was just a saving face attempt. If that that's what happened, I thought that's what I remember that being. Well, and uh, I mean, look, I'm I'm all for fighters. I getting just think he had a bad paid, night. But, <laughs> yeah, it certainly was a bad night. I wouldn't dispute that it was a bad night. Like, I just think it was a bad night because he kept running away. But I don't he think he engage. went into. I don't think he went into that fight saying, "I'm you know I'm just going to run away." No, certainly not. But that's what I remember. That's what I when I think of this fight, I remember. Oh, he completely avoided a fight. And rewatching it now, that's not what I saw. I saw a guy who had opportunities to, while his opponent is clowning him, just try and throw a strike, and rather do that, he just flipped him off. Yeah, I mean, why? Why wouldn't you just try to punch him? That was the last two minutes of the fight, though. Yeah, when he knows he's losing the fight, try to do something. I don't know. There, there is no possible way that he or his coaches thought that he had any chance to win on the cards There's no i'm no not way. saying that i'm i'm saying he had a bad night but i'm not saying he avoided fighting but like, i think it's exaggerated i don't know I, I mean look he's getting outlanded right but there's not really a point in the, in the fight through 15, like the entirety of the 15 minutes. There's no point in the fight where you say, oh, man, Caleb Starnes is kind of hurt here. He's, he's not hurt just, at all. He's just getting punched. But like you couldn't get into it. Like, I don't know. I I know we're talking about ph- philosophical ways and that kind of thing, but more less than the actual way we score the round here. Right. Um, I'm just saying I think he's getting a, a bit of an unfair shake. I don't think it's to the point that it's made out to be in how it's remembered. I, I'm not going to lie. I never would have painted you as the guy who was going to defend Caleb Starnes. I'm, I'm not one. defending him. I don't want to defend him. It's not. A, he had a terrible performance, okay. but I, I don't. I don't like the the idea that he avoided a fight. I don't think that's the case at all. That is fa- This just fascinates me, sir. Yeah, to hear this from I, I, you, especially, is is what fascinates me. Like he did try to. He tried to finish him in that. In that when he slipped, he went in. He tried to kill him. He didn't. Obviously, no. He didn't come close to it. But but he actually he had some a competitive bone in his body there. I don't know. Uh, 
<laughs> and nonetheless, to get back to the actual scoring of the round, you had you had what? Uh, this is a ten nine. You have a ten nine. I can understand the ten nine. I think this is probably even closer than the previous round, which I thought was still close to getting to a ten nine. I did go eight here. I don't feel very strongly about it at all. I actually, I'm I'm almost ambivalent about it. But I did go the eight here because I just I don't. Again, I'm not seeing anything coming from Starn's point here. And, I thought this I, was his best round. Uh, probably. And Quarry, I mean, that's Quarry you know. slowed a lot. Maybe not slowed. He just didn't throw a lot. As I mean, at some point he stops really trying that hard because he's yeah. just like, I'm, I'm tired of this crap. I'm just gonna start clowning him by running in place at toward him, which is hilarious. He's, he's literally not trying to even protect himself. He's not protecting himself at all times here, Nate Quarry. And Caleb Star still doesn't throw at him. He just says, "No, I'm gonna well, flip I him mean, off." Well, I mean, he's also but it was like a it while was, away from. It was him. a very defensive uh, finger flip. It wasn't. It wasn't like a Diaz, you know, aggressive type, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It wasn't. I didn't go ten nine because he gave him the finger. No, no, no. I understand. I mean, you know, it was a weak. It's, it's probably good that you tell everybody that just to be clear. But yeah, yeah. I, I knew. I had a feeling. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then then of course he does the the whole like the goofy, you know crossing his face up and throwing the goofy punches yeah. with, the, with the with the left arm kind of thing. At that point, Caleb starts at least just kick him in the chest or something. Do something, guy. Like, throw a teep. I don't know. He could have just been defeated at that point. And, yeah, this is, I'm done. Uh, yeah, but this is your one more chance to get a little shot in there. I don't know. Whatever. It is what it is. It's it's the, But it's such a bizarre fight. We still remember it to this day. I have a 30-24 because I gave all 10-8s. You have, because we've differed on this one on 10-9 here, so you have 30-25 for Quora, mm-hmm. right? Our judges' cards on this fight, Doug Crosby had a 30-26. to Nelson Hamilton had all rounds 10-9, so he's 30-27. Uh, Judge Procopio. Had a thirty to twenty four, which Mike Goldberg was speculating was the first in UFC history. I didn't have the time to research that. Maybe it's true, maybe it's not, but it's definitely one of the first. Uh, you'd have to think. So I have no idea how he got there. Did he give out ten eights, or did he give out a ten seven along the way? I don't know because this is I gave ten eights based on our extremely liberal way of scoring on this one. And and modern sensibilities and that kind of thing. So I don't I don't know how he got the thirty twenty four. That's a weird one. That's yeah. I feel like if I'm scoring it back then, this is a thirty twenty seven. I think Nelson Hamilton had it right. I don't even know which round Doug Crosby had the eight. And Maybe two. Who knows? I thought I, don't eight, know. I thought eight was the best round for Quarry. Round eight. Uh, <laughs> ten eight. <laughs> round one. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Um. Yeah. So I don't know. Very strange. Strange scoring. Strange fight. I'll give you that. Just strange fight. It's it's totally strange. I'm glad we went to it though. This is, this was my goal. I wanted to pick this really weird one for us. Uh, kind of spice it up a little bit. But that's it. That's it for this fight. Um, weird, weird fight. <laughs> but we can move on to looking forward to this weekend, sir. When it's a Bellator and a UFC Saturday. Yes. Let's start with Bellator because we you know this has been a Bellator themed show mostly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll be honest. This this headliner here, I think, is easily the most interesting fight, like by a mile uh, of all the fights, UFC, Bellator, what have you. Patricio Pitbull defending his uh, featherweight title against Adam Boris. Yeah, this should be interesting. I I like Boris. He's someone who I've been very interested to watch along the way because, I mean, they put him against Aaron Pico, right? In mm-hmm. in uh, earlier on, it was at Madison Square Garden. And this was way too much of a jump for Aaron Pico. I don't think anybody realized it at the time, how bad of a, of a mismatch that actually was. But Boris, he showed what he was worth. And he's looked fantastic. I think he's, mm-hmm. he's lost one fight uh, in Bellator. But other than that, 
the guy obviously he's in a position to challenge for the belt here and like i'm not i'm not making a pick but man i think this is gonna be a good fight i actually think this is gonna you know be the counter to what we we were saying earlier about bellator and maybe some of their main events aren't so strong part of that is when patricio pipple or adam boritz is in the main event they've tended to produce some interesting fights yeah what so i'm, I'm excited for pipple which is good yeah uh i'm a little curious why they didn't do the immediate uh rubber match well mckee aj mckee who's fighting on this card as well he's in the co-main he is moving up to 55 oh i gotcha i don't know if he's done at 45 but okay. i get the sense he might be because he's a big boy mm-hmm. at 145 they when they put out the uh the same night weights he was very high on there okay and I have to think that part of that is just I'm what I'm tired of kind of cutting weight anymore. Mm. He's a big kid, so I think for him to go up to 55 is a good thing. You, you're you're yeah, yeah, yeah. just like me and wanting yep. them to fight at more comfortable weight. So that's what he's doing here. So that's why at least part of it you'd have to think why we don't have the uh, the trilogy fight gotcha. between Pitbull and McKee. But uh, yeah, I I think we're in for for a fun one here. Would you agree this is definitely the most interesting fight of the of the weekend? Oh uh, yeah, I mean I do. Mackenzie Dern, I'm a big fan, so well we'll get I mean we'll get to that one, but um But it's more interesting of a fight for sure. I I think it yeah. is. I, I think it's gotta be, right? And uh California. This will be in California here, so we're gonna get some some really standout judges just like and, and you know, Belter tends to do that, right? Probably get some Frank Trigg action. Maybe there'll be some Frank Trigg uh working as a ref, yeah. We might see that. Mike Bell, maybe. Who? Mike Bell. Who? <laughs> Mike Bell. Oh, that's Mike Jones, sorry. Yes. Uh, who? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just messing. Um it's late at night. What do you want? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's California. We Like we said, it's going to be AJ McKee in the co-main against Spike Carlisle, UFC veteran, at 155 pounds. Mm-hmm. Had uh, that really crazy fight with, with Billy Q. Yeah, it's it's a wild matchup, though. I, I I guess they're... I don't I don't want to say they're giving AJ McKee a soft landing in Spike Carlisle because he's, he's wild, but I feel like this someone is... of the accomplishments that McKee has probably could be matched up with somebody who's let's say higher in the rankings at Bellator. This is his first fight? I mean, uh, his at 155 fight. Is pounds? this his last fight with on contract or what? No, I deal? don't believe so. Right, wasn't he talking he wanted to fight out the contract and move on to the UFC or free agency? I I think free agency at least is the deal uh, unless they'll pay him what he's looking for, but no, this is not the last fight if I understand. I believe he's still got at least one more after this one. Okay. So, no, it's not it's not necessarily that. Okay. So uh, uh, that brings us back to the beginning of the show. I didn't know AJ McKee moved to a lightweight. Okay. Benson, I don't know how that matchup would go. That'd be interesting. So that you know what? That would have been an interesting mm-hmm. fight to do. Maybe they should have had Benson Henderson and AJ McKee fighting in a main event last weekend. Yeah. That would have been, I think, much more fascinating. It would have kind of gripped the public a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I think it would have been a closer fight, or at least one that produced a more interesting fight. That could be his title eliminator if they do Usman and uh, Patricky mm-hmm. next. Sure. Just put it on the same card. They're on the same timeline, so. That would be interesting. Yeah. Um, and, of course, Aaron Pico is on this card as well. He's fighting J- Jeremy Kennedy. I almost called him Jamie Kennedy, but mm-hmm. that's a that's, uh, different guy, mm-hmm. as we know. Not a fighter. <laughs> um, <laughs> 145 pounds. And then I also like, because this whole main card, I think, for Bellator is pretty interesting. Juan Archuleta and Enrique Barzola at 135 pounds. Yep. That could be a, a wild a, one. Yeah. So. I, it's a this is one of the better Bellator main cards that I can think of. This is it has like a for me, it has kind of a, a strike force feel to it, right? Right. In the sense that I think all these fights on the main card are, are very interesting. It's it's also a, a main card that doesn't feature 
uh, a ton of fights, if I understand it. My my understanding is it's only a four fight main card held on uh, on Showtime. It mm-hmm. just it, there's a lot of things that feel very strike forcey to me, and that's a good thing. More, more if, of this. If the production felt strike forcey, that's where that's where it falls for me. I don't know. It still feels like watching. I mean, Showtime. Does, it's it's the whole Showtime deal. It feels like watching Showtime fights. No, it doesn't feel that. It doesn't feel like old school Strike Force to me. I agree to disagree. I mean, the only, the only thing really missing is Jimmy Lennon Jr. instead of uh, Michael C. Williams. Morrow. Yeah, I guess Morrow too. That's true. Also, Max Roskopf is on here. Although Morrow, Morrow sometimes does. He just has, he hasn't been on lately. Yeah. He's probably on next weekend. If I have to guess. Mm. Yeah. Max Roskopf's on here. Wasn't he the guy who got the the short notice fight in the UFC? And his corner was yelling at him to, to fight, and he's like, "No, I don't want to fight anymore." Yep, that was, and he kind of got a fair, an unfair shake from his corner. I also thought one. I so, thought that was really bad. I did a bad job by everybody yeah. there. So it's good to see he's Le- less less Roscoff. Everybody else though, yeah, nice to see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's it for Bellator. I, again, I like this card. I I actually think it's superior to the Vegas uh, UFC Vegas card mm. that we're going to be talking about, which is headlined by like you mentioned, Mackenzie Dern. She's going against uh, Yan Jonan. At 125 pounds, it's not that I don't like this fight. It's just there's a there's a difference. There's other fight, there's yeah. levels yeah. to main events here, and I think Pitbull and Boris is a is just a, a much higher level main event than Dern and Jan. I sub I suppose yeah, but uh, I mean I like it. I I I'm curious to see how Dern does here. I think this Jan is is one of those names that's just I I don't think she's someone that everyone kind of thinks of at mm-hmm. 125 pounds. So. It's it's a tough one. I think it's tougher than probably, let's say, casual fans might realize. Okay. That's my feeling on it. Well, I'm going to watch it. I bet you are. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> are you going to watch? Let me ask you this. Are you going to watch both Bellator and What UFC? time? Are they competing time, uh, head to head? I didn't get the chance to check, but I, here's my guess. My guess is that uh, UFC is at like 7 o'clock you, main you, card. UFC main card probably 7. It looks like the prelims start at 4. Yeah, that that's what I was thinking, and then probably Bellator starts at like ten or nine, maybe. Okay, that's my guess. Okay, but I mean, if you have the ability to confirm that while I talk and waste time, we could uh, potentially get the answers on that. Well, yeah, I got well, I got four, I got uh, four o'clock prelims for uh, UFC. Right, right, we got that. But what about Bellator? That's that's the real question. Um, when does Bellator two eighty six start? Um, Bellator two eighty six. Well, well, you'd figure that out. This is in a seven p.m. starts. Maybe that's a seven p.m. prelims. My hope is that would be the prelims. So if we miss miss the prelims, which I think is it's it's less quite a few prelims. Let's say a less sexy group of names than the main card. The main card is Mm -hmm. much more interesting. Uh, There are some guys who who we do see at the Bellator level, right? Like typically, so like Khalid Mirzaliev, JJ Wilson. We mentioned Roshkoff already. There's plenty of guys here who we've actually seen. It's not. It's not like the what we sometimes see in Bellator, where it's a bunch of like you know one and zero, two and zero, like that used to be. Right? It's not that. But I'm gonna watch the. Uh, <laughs> if I only have one screen on, I'm watching Vegas uh, okay. UFC. Right. A uh, couple fights here uh, on the UFC event that I like: Randy Brown and Francisco Trinaldo. I think that's got potential to be a really fun fight. That should be fun. I think it'll be a really good. Randy time. Brown's a big human. I was close in close proximity to him. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been close to another uh, big sure. human, or is this your first? Well, I mean, I didn't. When he fights at one seventy, and I see the size of this guy, I'm like, okay. really? Doesn't it just doesn't make sense? I, I've had um, George Mirasan put his hand on my head, so so no one no you? one's a bigger human than one of the biggest humans George. who ever lived. Yeah, that that's a big guy. Yeah, seven foot seven, that man. <laughs> he palmed my head. It was wild. <laughs> a very gentle giant, though. Yes, he didn't crush my head. 
Uh, <laughs> Brendan still, Allen's still fighting on this card. Brendan, I like that. The Brendan Allen uh, fight. Jocko. Yes, Christopher Jocko. That's the only thing is sometimes Christopher <laughs> Jocko fights are not all that thrilling. But I do like Brendan Allen, so maybe there will yeah. be a happy medium there. Yeah. Or maybe it'll just get dragged into a Christopher Jocko fight. It's yeah. not always fun. Um, the other fight that I'm actually more interested in is Alir Latifi uh, and Alexei Olenek. Because yeah. anytime Olenek is on here, you might see an Ezekiel choke. And might, that's always fun. might see any kind of uh, weird choke. Really good chance that it just doesn't go to the cards. Latifi's going to yeah. come in riding a horse, I imagine. <laughs> shirtless. Yeah. Well, I mean, he'll be shirtless because he competes that way, but maybe the yes. horse will be there too. That okay. would be fun. <laughs> they should have, they should, one, just one time, UFC should just allow people to get wacky. Let them ride horses in. Let them. They tried that with Chemo. He brought a cross out to the fight, <laughs> and he was completely gassed after uh, two minutes in. Well, that's obviously that was why. Yeah. <laughs> Or let, or let somebody buy the, borrow the Deontay Wilder suit, the one that looked like oh, Shredder. Yeah. Yeah. That wasn't. It was ill-advised. Yes. It was ill-advised. Um, but I, overall, it's it, we had one weekend where we had no big fights on Saturday, and now we have another weekend where we have this two the top two promotions in the world. They have their main cards on the same evening. There's there's MMA all week. Of course there is. I mean, we, we've got we've got Invicta on Wednesday. Yes, Invicta with. Jill DeCourcy, you talked to Jillian DeCourcy, I, I went out to her gym and I, I spoke with her. I've got a story coming out uh, this week in advance of that. Former guest of our show, of course, as well. So very interested to see how mm -hmm. she does in that fight. Bo Nichols fighting Tuesday on Contender Series. Who's that? I've never heard His of him. His second Contender Series Who's fight. Who's that? He is going to be the next big thing. Who? Bo Mike Jones? Nickel. Remember Mike that? Jones? Uh, we also have one. One has two events this weekend. Friday. Thursday on, has one, 161, and then... One on Prime Video 2 on Friday night. Mm -hmm. So that's a big one. And then we got uh, UFC and Bellator on Saturday. So yeah. busy week. A lot of fights. A lot, a lot, a lot of fights. That's a good thing. Yes. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again on Monday. We're going to break down uh, these contested rounds. Maybe a little from both. I think we got to do both. We absolutely yeah. have, at the least from the main card of Bellator, right? Yeah. It might be tough to do everything just because when we have two event cards, it gets it gets really hey, chock full, right? You think Ben's going to be in Nevada this weekend? I don't know. I don't, they need a lot of judges out there. I guess we'll say. Maybe. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Take care. <laughs> <laughs>